on, Hawks Nation? Welcome back to another edition of the HFTV podcast brought to you by Alex and Mac. Um, you know, it's it's been a rough, rough few weeks. And honestly, it's it feels like it's been a rough couple of months, uh, Mac. And, you know, it's, it's kind of the um, night and day situation with the Hawks where, you know, some games we look really good i.e. the Clippers, and then a lot of the times we look really bad, like against the Lakers, uh, and so on and so on. And last night was certainly um, no exception, right? Uh, at yeah, we, did, last... we, did, we did both in the same game. We looked good and we looked bad. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. It's, it's it, you know, it's like we're like Jekyll and Hyde, honestly. This team is the living embodiment of, you know, a, a tale of two teams. And it's unfortunate because we just – can't seem to find that consistency um, on a, you know, at least on a two to three, four game stretch, you know, one game we look decent, another game we look bad and it's just, you know, um, and vice versa. It's just, we, we just can't seem to find that consistency. And at the last of the time of the last recording, there's been three games played, uh, which was the Lakers game, Clippers game, and the uh, Bucks game last night. And we went one and two in that three game stretch, unfortunately. Mac, what, what were your thoughts, my guy? You know, man, I I you know, gonna keep it keep it 100 on this. I'm not the happiest fan alive right now. Times have definitely been better uh in Hawks Nation. I do still believe that brighter days are ahead. I think those brighter days are going to come once we make a change. Uh I won't even go into detail about that. I feel like we talk about it almost every episode. We all know what changes to be made at this point, but We'll see what happens. Um, but in terms of like the last three games, man, I just feel like it's such a representation of what the Hawks have been the last couple seasons. And that's, you know, we'll lose these games. We we got our asses handed to us by the Lakers um, in L.A. And, and it was never really close at all. And then we play the Clippers, who are a very good basketball team. You know, like the Clippers, uh, if they're fully healthy come postseason, they, they could definitely make some noise. So, um, you know, Clippers are, are a damn good team, and we beat them. You know, I mean, it's a close game, sure, but uh, I, I think closing out the first half and the second half of those games are what just really uh, stood out to me so much, uh, such such strong ends to the half, and obviously we end up winning that game. And then last night, we played the Bucks, and those of you who watched, who I'm guessing is probably most of our listeners, uh, we were getting destroyed, man, on national TV, ESPN, Jimmy Brown, calling the game, man. It was uh, – it was it was not good. It, it was it was pretty awful, man. Uh, I somehow kept it on. I kept watching, and we did make a comeback. And I I won't deny it all. It was fun as hell. You know, we even tied the game at one point. Um, but I think you mentioned yeah, it we on took the, the lead. We took the lead in the fourth quarter. We, yeah, we did. You're right. Two point lead in the fourth quarter. But you even mentioned it on last night's space. Like after that, I don't think I don't I'm I think we finished the game at that from like. We took a two-point lead, and then the Bucks went on like a ten-three run or something like that. Like it just, it just fell apart, you know. And it, and it was just one of those where, um, you know, how hard the guys fought last night, you know, as a fan. Like, hey, you know, if we're sitting at you know three games above five hundred instead of three games below five hundred, we lose that game, man. And it's honestly, I, it's it's a loss that you kind of take. You know what I mean? Like, hey, whatever. You know, uh, we didn't have Trey Young out there. We didn't have Clint Capella. We were down by 24 points at one point. We came back and even took the lead. Couldn't pull it off, but no big deal, right? That's not what the Hawks are in, though, man. Like, that, these are games that we just – we can't just keep losing them. They are piling up quick. We're already halfway through the season, man, and we're on pace to win 38 games at this point. And 
Alex, I mean, like, I can pull it up. Me and you in the preseason when we, like, did our season, you know, previews and, and projections and all that, bro, we did not have the Hawks winning 38 games. You know, we, we had them being much better than that. So it just – it's just frustrating, man. I, I – it feels like there's no end in sight unless a serious change is made. I guess that's what's the most frustrating for me right now is that it just doesn't seem like we're able to get any real consistency, any real traction – and, you know, I mean, if you look at our upcoming schedule, man, like there's there's like two winnable games. And, and it, well, I won't say winnable, but at least two games that we would probably be favored in for the rest of the month. Like it, it's it's heating up right now on our schedule and we'll we'll see what happens, man. But um, the optimism is always going to be there for me. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a Hawks fan. We <laughs> haven't ever had much to be optimistic about. So that's what I'm saying, man. Optimism is always going to be there for me. But. Oof, man, it is it is dwindling quick this season. So, um, how 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 are you feeling about it, man? Yeah, it's uh it's uh much much same like you, Mac. Uh, and, and I think we speak for a lot of Hawks fans in the current state that we're in. Is it, there's not a whole lot to be excited about. I mean, yeah, we have some solid pieces, and we see flashes like DeAndre Hunter had a you know fantastic game against the Clippers, then kind of comes back against the Bucks and. Up until like the final like ten minutes of the game, um, he, he was pretty quiet. But you know we, we have a lot of good pieces, right? You know Trey, JC, Dejounte, Dre, Clint. Once he gets healthy, you know Bogey, AJ. The list goes on. But for whatever reason, we just we can't find like you mentioned that that level of consistency. And you know I said this last night on Twitter. You know, there's this, you know, when it happens a few times, you know, because, you know, the league, NBA, it's a tough league, right? It's the most competitive basketball league in the world. Best players in the world are playing in this. So, you know, we're not, I'm not saying that I expect us to win every single game, right? We're not going to go 82 and 0 or anything of that nature. But, and we, I don't expect us to not get blown out certain games, right? Every, every team in the league gets blown out, you know, every, every few nights, right? Or not every few nights, but it happens every once in a while, at least at the good times. But with our team, it, it happens like the frequency of which these types of games happen. It happens almost every game or every other game. And that's just that's the scary part. Right. You know, some games will just get blown out. I think there's now probably double digit games now up until the season, you know, more than 10 games where we've, we've lost by more than 15 points in a game. And had it not been for that late kind of third and early fourth quarter surge, we would have gotten blown out by the Bucks too. But at one point we were down by 20 plus points in that first half. And it, it, it's funny because a, I mean, for all the, the fans out there or the haters out there that say, Oh, Trey's our problem. He's the issue, you know, because of him, we, we have terrible defense because he can't guard anything or, uh, Trey's a ball hog and he takes stupid shots late in the fourth quarter, which is why we can never close out games, this and that. With or without Trey, we, last night was a perfect example. Our defense was still trash last night without Trey. Our offense, for the most part, was trash. And then, of course, we make that big little second second half run. And then in crunch time, in the most important time of the game, once we take the lead late in the fourth quarter, we go back straight to iso ball. You know, Bogey taking some dumb shots, no ball movement, Dre taking some ill-advised shots. And it's just, you know, there, there's no sense of teamwork, no sense of camaraderie. And it's it stinks, man. And, you know, that 
I understand I'm not naive enough to say that everything is all because of one particular person or one particular coach. But at some point, you kind of have to look at the top, right? And uh, in this case, unfortunately, it's it's Nate McMillan. That, that's the head coach. He is the one that's preparing the guys. He's the one that's prepping the game plan. He's the one that's telling the guys w- w- what to do, what the scheme is, what, what our offense is going to be, what our defense is going to be. Like, granted, a lot of our assistants have some say in that too, but ultimately it falls on the head coach, the CEO of the company that the... And it's just, it stinks. And because there is no scheme, there is no identity, both on the offensive and defensive side of the ball. That is why we see the season of how it's played out. It's because there's a reason why some nights, you know, we get blown out. There's a reason why some nights we win games that we're not supposed to, like the the Denver Nuggets game when we were missing three starters and we somehow uh, beat, you know, a top-seeded Nuggets team. Uh, and then there's nights like where we lose the Lakers and get blown out by the Pacers a few weeks ago. And last night's game against the Bucks was the perfect example of the, the Jekyll and Hyde, right? The, the inconsistencies because one half or our starters were in, they look like complete trash. We get, you know, down, you know, 20 some ish points at some point in the first half. And then in the second half, we look like a completely different team. Um, and most of the time it's the other way around, you know, we've been a lot, we've been used to seeing our team get big leads, you know, 15, 16, 17, 18 point leads at some point in the game earlier in the season. And then in the second half, we just completely collapse, no ball movement. We do exactly the opposite of what we've done that entire first half to get us that big lead. And last night was the polar opposite. We got into ourselves, we got into a big hole and then we ended up crawling and fighting back much like the Clippers game where we somehow won that. But last night we just, we, you know, in crunch time, we just go straight back to ISO ball. There's no ball movement, no calls or sets being, you know, ran. And it's just like, what is this? And that is the lack of scheme and the lack of identity, the lack of preparation. And that's why it's always a coin flip. That's why some nights, like if I was, uh, working in Vegas right now, this Hawks team would be the hardest team to like predict a line to because it's literally a coin flip. It, it does not resemble um, any any identity of a, a an elite team right now, current state, because it's just you don't you don't know what you're going to get. Um, like we obviously have some talented pieces that can win some games. And then a lot of the other nights we, we end up getting, you know, taken L's and it's unfortunate and I never am the type of person that wants to call for another man's job. Um, but, you know, Nate, Nate, the proof is in the pudding, right? You know, if you if you perform poorly and you're not doing what you should be doing, ultimately someone has to take the fall. And unfortunately, it's Nate McMillan. And he's been a head coach for us for the past two and a half seasons now. And, you know, I think that ECF run was, you know, a lot of that wasn't really credited to Nate because, Quite frankly, and I've said this before, any coach that you plugged in after Lloyd Pierce got fired, I think because of just the new fresh voice, the new identity and just not having Lloyd Pierce, um, you know, mess up our locker room and and everything. I think that's what really propelled us. But, you know, these past two seasons, once Nate's has taken control and he's implemented his offense and his defense, uh, you know, we're living in a 2000s 
world mindset right now, right? Like it's 2023, you know, the whole philosophy and ideology of trying to hunt mismatches and, you know, settling for mid-range jumpers. It's just, it's not going to be successful in, in the modern day NBA, you know, much like, you know, Paul Johnson trying to run the the triple option at, at Georgia Tech being the only, you know, power five school still running that it just doesn't work in today's day and game, day and age. And unfortunately, we're, we're the victims of that. And, you know, he, he failed at Indiana. He failed at Portland. And now it looks like he's going to fail in Atlanta. So it's unfortunate, but that's that's where we're in. And I, I don't see this team changing, even regardless of what trades we do or don't make. As long as Nate McMillan is the head coach, I just don't see this team mustering up a whole lot of wins anytime soon. Oh, yeah. No, man, I, I couldn't agree with you more. And I'll say this one last thing and then we'll move on to the Derek Favors signing. But, uh, you know, you, you nailed it on the head, man. Nate's the head coach. And when something like this happens, you know, the, the pointing fingers and the blame game, it's, it's not fun, but you got to be realistic to a degree and, and someone has to take the blame for it. And, you know, like if you're, if your manager at your job or my manager at our job, our team was performing poorly and not in our numbers over and over and over again. Yeah, man, they, they would be the one that would take the fall for it. So it's just how it works. If you don't want that kind of responsibility, don't be a head coach. You know, it's as simple as that. Nobody's forcing Nate McMillan to do this. So um, I, I I don't remember if I said it on last week's episode. I think I maybe have tweeted it. But, you know, last thing I'll say about it before we move on. At this point, I, I, I know it doesn't matter. It's not going to make them do anything. But ownership, you, you really are proving to the fan base right now that you – don't seriously want to contend for a championship because keeping Nate McMillan for whatever reason is, is clearly not the answer. I just, I, I just, I don't understand. There's so much hype. I mean, look at state farm arena, man. Like, you know, even 10 years ago when we had Al Horford and, and Paul Millsap and, and all those guys and, and good basketball teams, you know, it was, it wasn't filled out and, and popping like it is today, man. Like it's did the Hawks have more hype than they've ever had in their, in their entire existence in this city and and ownership doesn't want to do anything about it. They, I, it, it's frustrating, man. I could go off forever about it, and that's why <laughs> we are going to move on. But uh, but man, it's it's frustrating. But you know, uh, moving on to a little bit slightly positive news. I, I don't know how much of an impact on the court Garrick Favors will make for us. I, I hope he can make one. This is a guy that you know. Sure, this was over ten years ago, but he was third overall pick. Um, and hasn't had a horrible NBA career. Like, I, I, nobody, I don't think has ever really labeled him as a bust. You know what I mean? So, um, hopefully he can come in and do something solid for us. I, I'm not sure. I don't really know what the uh, the coaches or front office plan with, with him is at this point. Um, you know, maybe he'll just get some plug-in minutes here and there. It is what it is. But nonetheless, pretty awesome for him and his family, I'm sure, uh, those of you that don't know, Derek is actually from Atlanta, so he uh, quite literally is coming home. Um, so that's as a professional athlete, I'm sure that's always a cool thing when you either a get drafted by the team that you know is the city that you grew up in, or you're able to come back through free agency in some some manner. So uh, happy for Derek Favors and his family, and and hoping you know he can actually do something for us. Uh, but I'll say this. If Derek Favors is getting significant minutes, that's probably not a good thing for us. But hey, it's uh, it is what it is, and I'm 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 happy to see him uh, be an Atlanta Hawk. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Derek Favors, <laughs> Atlanta legend, as you mentioned, grew up in Atlanta, went to South Atlanta High School. I actually 
uh, saw him live a few times because, you know, we're, we're relatively the same age. But, yeah, Derek Favors, um, de- you could definitely say his 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 prime days are definitely well behind him. But, you know, who knows? He may- maybe he can do a little something, provide a little spark off the bench for us, playing in front of his uh, hometown team. Uh, he, he's had a couple of great seasons in, in Utah where he was averaging, you know, 16, 17 points for multiple seasons. So, um, you know, obviously we don't need him to do that, but I think, you know, random spot minutes here and there, we, we did sign him to a 10 day contract. So it's not like we're, we're going to have a whole lot of a, a big sample size to really see what he can do for us. But, um, I think this is just more of a bigger issue where front office and ownership is finding some potential insurance, uh, if the Clint Capella injury is still, um, you know, lingering on. And right now, it, you know, I, I'm i going to be pessimistic, right? Because Clint, even though he's ramping up his workouts and we've seen in the videos, you know, he, he's starting to run and do, you know, actual live uh, workouts and playing basketball. Um, according to some interviews from earlier today and even yesterday, he's still not 100%. And apparently he still feels a little something in his calf, uh, which isn't good because he's missed, I, I want to say, like the last, like, I don't even remember how many games. I want to say like the last almost like eight to ten games. That's a pretty big stretch. And uh, especially last year when he was coming off that Achilles injury, it's just not good. And, and I think the bigger issue is this is the same injury that he suffered um, in Houston. But when we actually acquired him, if you all remember a few years back, Clint didn't play for us uh, for, for the first few weeks uh, from when we actually obtained him uh, because of his, he was dealing with that calf injury he suffered in Houston. And it's that same injury once again popping up. So that's that's not a good thing, especially if it's a reoccurring injury, something that he's already suffered. Um, and, and, you know, when you look at the wear and tear of, of NBA players, especially playing in the front court, that's not a good thing. Uh, so I have no reason to be optimistic, regardless of what the reports say, and what videos we see. Uh, it's just not looking good. And that's why we signed Derek Favors. And uh, my best guess is this training staff and this team, they're not fully confident that Clint Capella is going to be 100% anytime soon, if he's ever going to be 100% for the remainder of the season. So, um, you know, that's that's unfortunate because Clint, when he's on the court, he definitely changes the dynamic of this team, especially from a defensive side of things. And he is our rim protector. Like if for as great as JC has done, he's he's best and prime for a secondary rim protection and getting those weak side blocks. Clint is kind of the man in the middle, anchoring our defense. And you know, as much as we love OO, he's just not the type of center that Clint Capella is, unfortunately. Uh, at least not this year. And you know, we we lose a lot of rebounding without Clint. We lose a lot of that rim protection without Clint. And he is our safety net. And given the roster construction, we don't have a whole lot of great perimeter defenders on this team. So once, you know, opposing to uh, opposing players beat our first line of defense, there's really not much help outside of Clint Capella. So, um, you know, I, I commend JC for trying as best as he can and oh, oh and uh, Onyeka, but it's just not the same without Clint Capella. So it's unfortunate. He is listed as out again for tomorrow night's game against the Pacers. So, again, uh, that was a day before the injury report came out, uh, which isn't a good thing. And hopefully he can come back on Monday for MLK. That's another primetime nationally televised game. But I wouldn't be surprised if he misses Monday night's game either. 
but that's kind of the status of Clint Capella. And it's uh, it's sad. It's sad right now. It's just all things are not looking too positive for us right now, Mac. Yeah, no, man. Um, you know, I think Clint has been a guy that I've always been pretty high on. I understand some Hawks fans have not been always super high on him, and that's their, you know, opinion. Um, Clint's, Clint's always been a guy that I've felt was very important to our team and our team's success. And uh, I, I'm not kidding, man. You, you said eight or ten games, so we'll just say he's been out for ten. Dude, there's three or four of those games that we win if Clint Compella is playing and playing at, you know, a, a fully healthy high level, right? Um, it just, it's, it's, it, it is, man. Like, like you said, it's hard to be optimistic because I think it's being proven right now that, and I'm emphasis on right now, you know, maybe not this time next year or later in the season or early right now, man, I think it's clear that Clint probably is our second best player or second most impactful player because man, he's been gone and it's, I knew I knew it was going to hurt us, but I feel like it's hurt us even more than I anticipated. And um, like you said, the, the news that is coming out that that at least we, as a general public, are able to see that it doesn't look like he is making much progress on the injury. Um, and look, man, I, I I've, I've never had a, a very serious calf injury, but I I pulled my calf muscle about two years ago, and that that mug hurt for months, man. So calf is just one of those muscles that you don't want to be messing around with. So um, it's a it's it's a glaring hole in in our in our team right now, especially our team defense, as you said, our rim protection. And um, I think Clint is honestly one of the guys uh, in the league that's better at getting offensive boards. I, I do dude would get three or four or five a game, and those are obviously second chance points. And some of these games. Uh, especially last night where one where, you know, sure, we ended up losing by about like seven or eight points, but it was very close at the end, right? Those second chance points matter. Um, and it's just something that we don't have right now. It's an element that's completely missing. And like you said, John Collins is doing his best. Uh, Big O is doing his best. But there's a reason that Clint Capella um, puts up the stats that he does, uh, has the resume that he does at this point in his career. And um is, is as important as the player as he is because because he he produces and and can very much produce at a high level. So uh, like there was an episode and the last, last thing I'll say about it, it was probably like six or seven episodes at this point. But he was going on such a tear. I called him uh, Clint Chamberlain, man. He he was he was tearing it up, man. He was putting up twenty five and twenty. Like he did it like two or three games in a row. Um and and that's that lets you know. Sure, that's not the biggest sample size ever, but. The dude can do it, man. He he can produce at a high level, and um, I'm just hoping I'm hoping we get him back soon. Uh, like you said, I know we won't have him for tomorrow's game against Indiana, but Monday is going to be a big opportunity for us to maybe try and turn this shit. But crap, man, I, I <laughs> we've been saying that for a while. So I, I don't know if that will happen, but uh, but uh, before before we go into our our last topic, we will pay some bills around here. Uh, the permanent uh, shout out will be a little different this time. So hope you guys enjoy what Furman had to uh, provide for us. When you need quick, effective, and accurate data cabling services, call Firmament Solutions. We care about your network infrastructure. Our services are white labeled, so you get the contracts. We provide the services. Our expertise includes low voltage communication, networking, electrical, physical security, and life safety equipment. We're industry leaders, providing 24 hour service coverage 
So we ask, when is the best time to have one of our certified technicians assist you? All right, guys. So we'll move into uh, our next topic here. Uh, we'll, we'll wrap it up on this. Uh, I don't know if you guys have ever heard this before or ever seen these before, but there are some John Collins trade rumors. I know as Hawks fans, but that's very new to us. Obviously, I'm being sarcastic as I'll get out because this guy seems like he's in a trade rumor every other day. Um, the most recent one, though, was for the Utah Jazz, and it would be, I believe it was uh, yeah, for Malik a two-player swap. It was Malik Weasley and um, Jared Vanderbilt. Jared Vanderbilt. And I, I'll be honest, man, I don't know too much about either player. Um, I, I'm a little bit of a homer in that since I got to be better about it, but there there are certain players on other teams that I don't know too well. But I got to say this, Jared Vanderbilt is on my fantasy team. Dude kills it. So uh, averages like 20 fantasy points a game, which is pretty darn good. Uh, so, you know, I, I guess it wouldn't be the, the worst return ever because uh, I've definitely seen some John Collins trade rumors where I'm like, yeah, no. That is awful. But, um, yeah, man, uh, it's also, I guess, before I, I throw it back to you, I did see, too, that the Hawks, this was, you know, uh, rumored. So I don't know if this is true, obviously, but it was rumored that we were asking for Donovan Mitchell asking prices and the trade packages for John Collins. So, um, which I, I think is somewhat deserved. Sure, I will admit John, Donovan Mitchell is a better player than John. But John Collins can can make a huge impact on, on a great team, especially with great coaching. So, um so yeah so what what are what are what are what are your thoughts on these jc trade rumors yet again yeah another week another jc trade rumor <laughs> um yeah the latest one of course being per jake fisher the bleacher report uh who if you guys aren't familiar with jake fisher uh he was the first one to call out the Dejounte murray trade uh in the off season so he he's somewhat plugged in you know he, he is wrong a lot of the times but you know every once in a while he, he does have the inside scoop so take this with a grain of salt ladies and gentlemen but yeah per jake fisher uh the utah jazz and the atlanta hawks have been in discussions around a potential trade with jared vanderbilt and uh, malik beasley for jc and also after doing some digging it looks like utah is also possibly looking for a first round pick attached to that as well uh personally I wouldn't do that trade, especially if there's a first round pick that we would have to include. Um, but and let's let's be quite clear, um, you know, in a vacuum out of the three players, you know, JC is definitely the superior player uh, out of those three. But uh, with that said, you know, Malik Beasley and Jared Vanderbilt definitely bring a unique skill set to this team. Of course, you know, I've seen Jared Vanderbilt for a few years now. Uh, especially when he was with Minnesota, but the dude's a defensive stud. Um, what can definitely add a lot of defensive versatility to us. He's not nearly the same type of rim protector or you know shot blocking uh, you know player that JC can provide for us. But as far as your straight POA and versatility and you know perimeter defense, Jared Vanderbilt, that's kind of his calling card, his specialty. Um, averages a little over eight assists or eight rebounds per game. So. Uh, and, and he also has some playmaking ability as well. So that's Jared Vanderbilt in a nutshell. Malik Beasley, same thing, saw him a bunch in, in Minnesota days. And the dude can definitely get hot at any given moment. Uh, he can. He, he's a great shooter. Uh, I think he's shooting like 36 to 37% from three this year. But uh, Malik Beasley, you know, definitely could be a spark off the bench with, with him and Bogey and A.J. Griffin. So, and that just adds another wing to our rotation. So if... This is something serious that our front office is potentially thinking about. It's not the worst trade 
if there's no first round pick attached to it, you know, I, I don't know how much better of an offer we can get. Um, you know, the the main kind of target I would be wondering if we could pry him away from Utah, if they're going to make a trade with us, would be, of course, Laurie Markinen, who's just having an incredible season, can stretch the floor out, uh, play down low, uh, and also get some boards for us, too. So it would be interesting to see. But, yeah, that is the latest trade rumor involving John Collins. Um, and I've said this on a few other episodes, but regardless of who we do or don't trade, it's it's not going to matter, you know, right? As, if, if, for as long as, you know, Nate McMillan is still kind of leading the charge and, you know, uh, leading this team, I, I don't care who we get. I just don't see any moves that are going to make us better unless that first move is made first. So we'll see what happens. But again, we're just relaying the information and, and the news that we've seen back to, to you all. Um, so again, take it with a grain of salt, but something to keep an eye out for as we are approaching trade deadline next month. Uh, and yeah, just anticipate a lot more of these trade rumors start heating up now as we are a few weeks away from that deadline. But all in all, do I think we end up trading JC? I think there's a pretty good chance at this point. I think it's like a 50-50 chance that we actually do trade them. Uh, so we'll see what happens. But yeah, I, I think that's pretty much going to be it for today's episode. Unless anything else you want to add uh, that I missed, Mac? No, I was just going to say... Uh... And one on this, you know, the Hawks are one of those teams that with its current state, uh, you may see other names besides John Collins circulating in trade rumors because, you know, it it may turn into a little bit of a fire sale. I don't know. I hope not. I want to keep all of our guys if we can. But, um, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens, guys. It's uh, It has not been the easiest couple months for us Hawks fans, but... Uh, there's one thing that we can guarantee, and that's that Hawks Fan TV is going to keep bringing you guys that content. We're going to keep bringing you guys spaces, articles, podcasts, uh, other things coming up as well, more giveaways as well. Um, you know, I uh, we're, we're about to hit 13,000 followers. I'm going to convince Alex to uh, do a bogey jersey giveaway for the 13,000. Um, so be looking out for that, guys. Uh, it's uh, – Things may not be good with, with the Hawks right now. Things are great over Hawks fan TV though, guys. So keep keep following, keep listening, keep watching, and we'll we'll, we'll keep we'll keep pumping it out. So uh, thank you guys as always for uh, listening and watching and following. And uh, I say this <laughs> with as much optimism as I can. Go Hawks, baby. Go Hawks. <laughs>